Welcome to Real Estate Powerhouse, live on Tap Talks with your host, Talia Bashani, top real estate attorney and negotiation expert. This is your opportunity to get the inside scoop and hear straight from top real estate agents in the business. Broadcasting live from New York City, learn the secrets of their success and hear the most authentic, real, unfiltered stories about how they got to where they are today. From their wins to their failures to the biggest lessons of their careers and what keeps them rising to the top. And now, here is your host attorney, Talia Bashani. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Real Estate Powerhouse live on Tab Talks. Today, we have Kelly Robinson with us, real estate agent extraordinaire in New York City. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Yes, my pleasure. So excited to have you here today. We're just going to jump right into it. And um, I'd love for you to tell our viewers and our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got started in the real estate biz. Okay, so I've been in real estate, residential real estate in Manhattan for 18 and a half years. I kind of fell into it accidentally. I was in the entertainment industry from the time I was a very young child till right after college. And then I decided to take a little break for one year. And um, I got my real estate license just at the recommendation of a friend, fell in love with it and never went back to what I was doing before. Oh, wow. Okay. And that was 18 and a half years ago? Yep. Wow. So you've seen the highs and the lows of the market, you know, the when the bottom fell out to probably during its peak. So um, you more than anyone, I'm sure, can uh, really, you know, relate to today's, you know, um, crazy market that we're going through. Uh, but it, it's, it seems like you've weathered the storm. Yeah, I mean, you know, in these odd markets and every down market is is a learning experience and every down market is different. Um, I I call them skill markets because mm-hmm. it's a time to hone your skills and become more creative and better as an agent or a broker. So true. And I think you it probably makes you a lot stronger of an agent as well when you could just power through the highs and lows and stay in the game, you know? Um, yeah. It's a testament. Yeah. So and what do you think you just about financial planning? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So what skills, um, I can definitely relate to that. What skills um, have you um, really obtained um, during those markets? And what do you think it really takes to kind of persevere? You know, I think each market, like I said, is different. Every time there's a downturn or, you know, a difficult market, there's it's always different. So you have to learn something new. I guess, you know, for example, during COVID, instead of trying to pitch people, I instead reached out to my contacts and asked them if there was anything I could do to help. And I think building relationships and just really strengthening and nurturing those relationships when, you know, it's a little bit slower, or there's no inventory like there is, you know, now um, is really the best thing you can do. Because this business, if you have strong relationships, you will succeed as long as you know what you're doing. Um, yeah. If you you're a transactional broker, then you'll fail. Yeah. Or you'll so wear true. yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. And real estate is a people business. You know, a lot of people um, 
don't, you know, realize that all the time, but it's those relationships that are really going to carry you through. And that's really going to scale your business. It, it comes down to the relationships with the people. Um, so I'd love to hear when you got started in the real estate business, did you go right to sales? Did you um, start with rentals? Did you join a team? Were you solo? Tell us a little bit about that experience. So I was solo. I started out doing rentals for a year, you know, pounding the pavement, sweating, running around, um, you know, and I, I really wanted to break into sales. And I knew that that was hard to do in New York City um, if you'd only had rental experience. And so I joined a team. I was on a team for four years and then I joined another team for a year and a half. And then I went on my own and ended up having so much business that I had to form my own team. Wow. Okay. Wonderful. That's great. So what do you, um, what do you like better? I mean, are there pros and I'm sure there's pros and cons to both. Um, what would you say to any agents, you know, really um, getting started and trying to get out there um, as far as going solo or joining a team? I think, you know, learning the rental business is important. And starting out doing some of that really kind of puts hair on your chest and makes you resilient because it's it's a you know tougher kind of sleazier part of the industry. Um, I suggest that people join a team. I think that it's the best and fastest way to learn and get your feet wet. And um, I you know I wasn't necessarily treated very well on the teams that I was on, but it taught me so much, and I wouldn't trade those experiences for the world. Okay. All right. I love that. No, it's like, if it doesn't kill you, it's going to make you stronger. So, um, and then especially in such a competitive town like New York city, where it's like dog eat dog and you have to really fend for yourself out here. Um, it's important to gain that thick skin. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's also important to learn not only what to do, but what not to do. And I think I learned both. And I think I really learned how important it is to, to cherish and appreciate the people on your team and how hard they work and treat them well. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And that's only going to further your success. And, and because if your team wins, you win, you know, it's like one for all and all for one. Um, and that's so important, especially in this business too. It's and, and, and you will really maintain your team members and those partnerships and people won't leave you, you know, um, yeah. which is key. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, um, you know, I think having longevity on a team is really important because it can be extremely disruptive when things fall apart constantly and you've got high turnover in any industry, of course, but yeah. especially in a business where, you're, you know, you're running your own business and you've got certain systems in place and you've got to retrain everybody on those systems all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's longevity is really key. And it's kind of like being in a little family, you know, yeah. we all look for each other and check in on each other and, and help each other. And it's really nice. Yeah. That. And that loyalty, that loyalty is so important, you know, too, because it's like you have each other's back and let's say one person, you know, isn't able to take their client out or whatever, then you guys are there for each other and somebody will pick up the ball and, and run with it. And, you know, and then it takes the onus off of you from having to do everything. 
Absolutely. And I'll tell you another thing is that I learn from my team members as well. I don't just mentor them. You know, every deal is different and everybody has a different way of handling clients. And um, I learn from my team members every day. Mm -hmm. All right. And how do you recruit for people that are looking to like recruit team members? What's how do you do it? You know, in the past, I've I've just networked and met people and had relationships with people, and it kind of happened that way. The most recent few team members were just, just came through a post that I made that I was looking, or just came to me directly and said, "Are you looking for a new team member?" Or came to me through a referral, which is really nice because when you have somebody that comes to you through a referral, it just yeah. gives them that much, you know, that much more credibility. And yeah. in this industry, you know, it's easy to take res- uh, responsibility or credit for deals that you haven't done. And when you have a referred person, you know a little bit more about how they've done in the past ahead of time. Yeah, yeah exactly. You have the inside scoop. So it's not just like yeah. raw and, you know, figure it out as you go along. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now what's the nature of your business? So do you focus more on buyers? Do you focus more on sellers? Do you like to do new development? Like what's, is it a hybrid? Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so it's a hybrid. I've done all of the above. And um, we also handle rents for our investors. Um, I focus a lot on people who are in the sports and entertainment industries. I'm in the sports and entertainment division of Compass, which is um, a, a group of about 150 agents across the nation who have to be vetted and interviewed multiple times to make sure that you have done a number of deals um, in the, within the sports and entertainment industry and understand how to handle that type of client and yeah. best serve them. And it's great because, you know, people on teams get traded all the time. Entertainers are in different cities all the time. So we actually do quite a few high-end rentals because a lot of times those people are just in town for a short amount of time. And then eventually, many times they'll buy. Okay. Yeah. So sounds like you're really a part of the luxury um, real estate market. Um, so would your background in the entertainment industry, is that really what gave you the leg up into that luxury market and what's the best way to break through? Yeah, I think it gave me a leg up because I remained friends with so many people in that industry over the years and, and maintained my relationships. In fact, I'm still friends with one of my agents from when I was 15. So, um, yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's all about relationships and then networking. I, you know, I like to throw events and I like to host people and give back. And I've just been able to network really well at different events in, and you know, have gotten even more into the sports side of things as well. And educating athletes, um, not going after them for their business, but educating them on how to build passive income through real estate investments and just giving to them and not expecting anything in return, knowing that whether they come to me for business or karma takes care of me, that, yeah. you know, I'm doing something for them and that makes me feel good. Yeah. I think the best way to sell is to just give, or the best mm-hmm. way to be a good salesperson is to just give and not expect that. 
Um, doesn't put people in an uncomfortable position. People, you know, are more open to a relationship with you. Yeah. And I think they value and probably appreciate the fact that it's not like you have your hand out. You really are there to give value and to, you know, contribute something to their life that is going to make them better um, and their, you know, pockets deeper um, at the end of the day with, you know, with all the advice that you're giving with investments and, and, you know, yielding strong returns. So I think you're definitely right. It comes back around full circle, you know, and whether it turns into a deal or not, you know, that you've affected somebody positively. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what life is about. And so some people would say that, you know, in the high luxury market, that clients tend to be a little bit more high maintenance. What do you think it, you know, the skills are um, that you really need to um, handle clients, you know, at that echelon? I think you need to understand their business. Um, I think you need to understand their motivation, like any buyer or seller. I personally, you know, aside from you know, technicalities and things like, um, you know, that you that you absolutely need to know with regards to those specific industries and how, you know, a distance may affect them like, a, you know, um, one of my colleagues in the sports entertainment division made a great point and said, we have to study traffic patterns with athletes because if there's traffic at one point in the day and they're late to practice, they find. So, um, you know, just understanding those little details is important. But other than that, I treat people like they're, you know, anybody. Um, and I treat everybody with kindness. So I think if you treat everybody with kindness and you add value and you have your data and your facts and you also learn to understand what type of a personality they have. I think that's mm -hmm. more important than necessarily the being luxury or not. I found that many of my highest maintenance deals are the smallest ones because those people need the most handholding in the starter home market. Um, and yeah. I enjoy those as well. We do everything. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think as long as you really come prepared and offer value and are kind, um, but with boundaries, right? You have to be able sure. to be a good negotiator, as yeah. you know, as a, as a successful attorney. So yeah. I think those are the skills that you need. Yeah. And it's so true. Like you said, you know, it's if you put everybody in a box, regardless of how much money they're spending or, or you know, multi-million dollar purchases and you just treat everybody the same with respect and with kindness, then you, you know, that's, you are what you give, you know, so, um, and people will appreciate that. Um, and I tend to agree with you because it's funny because I feel like my, you know, highest net worth clients that are spending the most money, they're just like, tell me where to wire the money, tell me when to show up, you know, and handle the rest, you know, and it's like, the smaller deals, you're right, those people are just, you know, it's a 1000 questions, which I love, because I love also just you know, educating and informing people, but, you know, they are, um, tend to be a little bit more, you know, high maintenance. Uh, so it's funny that you say that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And your territory. So do you try to expand, you know, everywhere throughout the boroughs and the city, or do you tend to focus, um, in the city only or what, what's your territory? So I focus in Manhattan, all of Manhattan. 
Okay. And I um, and I do a little bit in Brooklyn. I have a Brooklyn specialist on my team. I have a Queens specialist on my team. I have somebody on my team who focuses on the North Fork and the Hamptons. Okay. I also am uh, to be licensed in Miami, and I'll be licensed in Dubai in the spring. Wow, phenomenal. Look at you. So you're going global. That is really cool. So how did you manage to expand your reach you know, to Dubai? And have you been there multiple times? And how do you learn the market there? I've been there once. Um, I was there for quite some time. And I'm still learning the market there. But it's pretty straightforward. I have a lot of connections just from networking. Again, like that's just, you know, something I do really well. And what I'm doing over there made sense. I'm not going to be necessarily living there and running around showing real estate, but it's a great um, way to connect people in my network who tend to spend a lot of time, whether it's in, you know, Dubai or Abu Dhabi or, you know, Qatar or somewhere like that. It's, you know, they're very, um, these, these places are very much the future as far as industry is concerned. And so people are going there and they're going there for other reasons too, like crime and um, taxes and stuff like taxes. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like becoming the hub for a lot of, you know, um, businessmen, a lot of, and women, a lot of, you know, financial, um, just people in the industry. And I think uh, you're right. I think that's a great um, kind of relationship. Like Miami is to New York. Now it's like Dubai to New York, you know? Um, And then, and you're just become the triple threat. So uh, that's amazing. That's super cool. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Well, we are going to take a quick um, commercial break and we will be right back with part two of the show. So we will see you guys in a few. Whether you are a new buyer or a seasoned investor in the real estate market, you need top legal representation and expertise to ensure your transactions close smoothly and successfully. As someone whose priorities are communication, attention to detail, efficiency, and creative negotiation, TAB Law Firm provides hands-on, personalized service that focuses on clients' needs and peace of mind. After working with big corporate law firms, I realized their focus was on volume rather than nurturing and protecting their clients. I then decided to start my own firm 15 years ago to provide exceptional, personalized service that protects and informs my clients every step of the way. Most of my clients are looking for guidance, transparency, and clear communication throughout their real estate transaction. Making myself available to my clients is one of my top priorities, and my expertise allows me to foresee issues before they happen and avoid potential downfalls. This proactive approach safeguards my clients from incurring any additional expenses, delays, or stress. During the selling or buying process, efficiency is key. I keep all parties informed and organized, ensuring we close smoothly. I fancy myself as a deal maker, not a deal breaker. If you are looking to buy or sell real estate, or if you are a real estate broker looking for an attorney who's going to be communicative, efficient, and responsive to you and your clients, then contact me at tolly360.com. And let's start working together. Close with tab and feel fab. All right. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Kelly, thanks so much for being in the studio today. Thank you. 
You're welcome. So I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, we've talked a lot about the business side, which was great, but I want to hear a little bit about you from, you know, the personal side. Like, do you have a specific routine or a methodology? Like, how do you maintain the work-life balance? Huh. What's work-life balance? <laughs> Does it um, exist? I don't even know. I think I'm still trying to figure it out. I, you know, I, as real estate brokers, we work seven days a week and it's just, but the nice thing is that if I want to go away for a month when, when, you know, the season is slow, I can, as long as I stay in touch with people, I'm on top of things. Um, I get up at like four thirty-five in the morning. Wow. I watch the news. I read a little bit. And um, I take my dogs out, I work out, and then I get ready for my day, whatever that looks like. You know, it changes every single day. It's different depending on showings and whether I'm working with a buyer or showing listings or on Zoom meetings or what have you. So, um, you know, it just, it it depends. And then I, I network when I can. I mean, I do like to go to bed you know, nine o'clock because I wake up so early, but I also network a few times a week because I think it's important. And um, so, you know, whether I'm out at a dinner with a few clients or just hosting something for people or even just doing an event at one of my properties, um, I try to do that a few times a week and then sleep in. (laughs) Okay. Yes. You definitely need to catch up on that sleep considering you're, you're up at 4.30 AM. That's like, wow, that that blows me away. Um, But I'm more of a night owl than an early bird. So it's like, you know, I like to stay up late and, and um, sleep in a little bit, not a little, but you know, 8.30, 9.00 AM. Great. I wish I could do that sometimes. And um, you know, different people get their energy at different times of the day. You know, I kind of wish that I got my energy a little bit later, but that's yeah. just how I'm wired, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, and what about like time management? You know, because there's so many theories out there that you know, um, blocking off a certain amount of hours just for yourself, you know, whether it's, you know, just kind of like self-care or rejuvenation or, you know, mental stimulation, whatever it may be, yoga, whatever it is. Do you ever block, like do any time blocking? Because clients can be at you all day long, every day with their needs. Like work will never stop. It'll never shut off unless you take the time out to shut it off. And I have a very hard time doing that because I'm, I'm a pleaser. So I always just want to be available and say yes and pick up my phone and, you know, all of those things. Um, how have you really juggled that? You know, I'm similar to you where I want to be a pleaser and um, people appreciate the fact that I'm very quick to respond to them. I think yeah. it really depends on who and what type of people I'm working with at any given time. I like to work with people in the way that they like to be worked with. So, you know, most people understand that if you get back to them in an hour, you know, they're not going to be upset with you or you might be on appointments with somebody else. Um, You know, there'll be a couple of hours throughout the day where I will just, you know, do work and not focus on emails. And then I'll take, you know, a half an hour and go through my emails and go through my text messages. But there's never really a set time for that because, as you know, in this business, 
it, it just depends on what, what times people are looking at properties and when they're available and you have to be available for them. But I do try to cut out some time each day. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Good. Like do, so there's no like day off, like Sundays, like my day, my personal day, you know, I'm not even looking at my phone today. It doesn't sound like you operate like that. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't, but you know, Saturdays are typically the slower day in Manhattan okay. for, for showings. And so okay. Saturdays are usually my day and I have a team. So my team members typically do open houses for me on Sundays. So there are times when I get a free weekend, but I'm always on, you know, yeah. there's somebody that needs something and, and I, you know, I don't mind. I really don't. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I guess that's why you're so successful and you've had such a great run in this business is because, you know, you manage, you manage it all. Um, now, what would you say over the course of the years would, um, uh, would have been your biggest game changer for you where you're like, you know what, I finally feel like uh, this was the turning point in my career. Um, you know, this was the best thing that has happened for me. Um, what was that for you? I think it was when I went off on my own after being on teams because I was just relying on myself. Um, I wasn't relying on any leads from anyone. And I had always brought in my own leads on teams um, I think that was a big turning point because it was a little scary, but it was time. And, yeah. um, and you know, I think now I look at my team and I, I really want them to, to succeed. And now I'm focused on getting them leads as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I want everybody to, to eat. And, um, yeah. so, you know, I think, I think that be, going out on my own and then being responsible kind of, or feeling responsible for other people a little bit, even though they are expected to bring in their own business sure. is, um, was, was the turning point for me. And once I, I was able to do that successfully, I felt relief and I felt like, okay, I'm, I, I can do this. Yeah. Okay. That's a beautiful thing, you know, and it's like just being able to step out on your own and have having nobody to answer to and also nobody over your shoulder is just like being your own boss is, is the best thing ever. You know, when I left the firm life, I was just, they say, yes, you work, you know, harder um, when you work for yourself, but it's actually the most like liberating and rewarding experience as well. You know, so I, I definitely, you know, kudos to you for having the guts and, you know, the confidence to actually just go out on your own and, and make it happen and then building your own team from there. Um, so that's that's amazing. Yeah. And speaking of leads and your marketing efforts, you know, so many people, a lot of agents, you know, that are tuning in um, are trying to build their book of business, you know, and um, relying on different, you know, marketing resources and, you know, different efforts. What would you say has attested to your, you know, um, biggest source of leads is, you know, we know digital media, you know, um, social media, all of that has really been a game changer. Technology has definitely been, you know, um, a big uh, kind of eye opener for a lot of people to, to learn and, and get used to and familiar and comfortable with. What do you use as your biggest source of leads in marketing efforts? So I, I have to say that I'm, I'm lucky that majority of my leads are referral based, okay. but I do focus a lot on social media. Um, I think 
something that people don't necessarily know about social media or think about is that building a social media presence is not necessarily about getting brand new business mm -hmm. um, or brand new people, right? Complete strangers to reach out to. And that does happen when, if you're adding value and you're mixing it in with, you know, just life and, you know, people can relate to you and it's not all just photos of listings. Um, yeah. But what it does is it allows you to connect with everybody that you've met in your life that is on social media and they remember that you're in real estate, even if it's somebody you went to kindergarten with, right. because you are in front of them adding value every day. So they yes. see you as an expert and they know that you add value through the way that you post or whatever you, you know, how you engage. And um, I think that has been a great lead generator for me, just bringing people back into my life who mm -hmm. I've been on social media, who I haven't seen in 20 years. But you kind of feel like you know people, right? When you when you're yeah. on social media, yeah. So um, I would say that that's been a great a great lead generator. But I would also, you know, suggest to people if you're going to start using social media as a way to generate business, go back to everybody you know and start following them and engaging with them. Mm -hmm. And somebody that you you know we're in diapers with it doesn't yeah. matter just anybody you know and that's a great way to generate leads. awesome yeah and because it, it it you know you can really spread your wings and like you said by staying relevant and kind of having that reminder you're not you know just straight up asking for business you're just but you're putting yourself out there so that when they think of real estate you know they think of you and who better to turn to um, then, oh, let me reach out to Kelly. Let me find out, you know, oh, my cousin's going to buy. Oh, my friend is moving to New York, you know, and then you become, you know, their source, you know, and their, and their expert, you know, for, for real estate. Um, so I think that's a good point because a lot of people buy ads and, you know, they, they just, they showcase their listings, which is great. Obviously it's a great mechanism. Um, but, by again, adding value and, and giving that knowledge and educating people on the real estate market and what's going on, um, it really keeps people, you know, uh, you fresh in their mind, um, which is awesome. Yeah, and also adding a little bit of a personal touch to it too. I mean, people think that they have to be 100% professional and just post listing videos and listings. That's not going to get anybody interested. Right. They want to connect with you. They want to have something that relates, that they can relate to. And yes. they also want interesting things to read about. And I have to be honest with you, one of my most engaged with posts was when I got deported from Turkey. So, oh, you know, <laughs> it, it's oh, just, no. post something. I, I did not commit a crime. Um, just so you know, I, I only had four months left on my passport. And I said, but, um, you know, they they really were interested in that story because, you know, who gets deported from a country when they haven't committed a crime and it's just an interesting thing to read and that, you know, so you want to be real. Yeah. You want to post about how you turned your bad day into a good day and, you know, don't ever be a Debbie Downer, but, you know, make a little joke out of a bad day and just be authentic and that's what people really want to, to see. Yeah. 
Right. Well, that's what's going to get all the action is is not the condo on, uh, you know, 57th Street, but, you know, you're making headlines with your deportation story. That's really funny. <laughs> but you're right. You know, those and, I, you know, I've heard of the 80-20 rule and people say, you know, people want to see 80 percent of your, you know, personal life, lifestyle, you know, your your everyday like you know, who's Kelly every day and then 20% business of your listings and, you know, um, uh, video tours and, and whatever it may be. So you're right, because they connect with you as a person, you know, even yeah. if they don't know you. personally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you're going to post video tours and stuff online, spend the extra money, get a real production team in there, do something yeah. that's badass. I hope I was right. allowed to say that. And, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, make it something that's, you know, evokes emotion and show people mm -hmm. that you spend the extra time and effort to showcase their homes. You're mm -hmm. just do, you're not just doing the basic, you know, Matterport tour or nothing that there's anything wrong with Matterport, but you go the extra yeah. mile and you dig into your pocket and spend the money and you make something that's going to going to evoke emotion. I mean, real estate, yeah. residential real estate is emotional. It is. Yeah. It's a primitive yes. need. It's shorter. So I mean, maybe like a pied de terre isn't a primitive need, but it's still an emotional purchase or sale. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. And it is, it's like what that perception of value and going the extra mile to really bring a pro across the, the best product to really showcase it you know, in a high professional manner is really going to be, it's worth the extra money and it's worth the extra time because you're going to get even that much greater feedback in a positive way. Um, so yeah, totally show the neighborhood, show the lifestyle. That's what people yeah. are buying. They're buying right. a lifestyle. So true. So true. Um, so where are you headed, Kelly, as far as in the next five years, what are your career goals? What do you hope to achieve? Is there anything that you're, you know, super focused on? Um, what's in store for you? Um, so just keep networking and doing it on a greater scale. Um, right now, one of my goals for 2024 is to host events for my clients and customers and contacts at the top 10 ultra high net worth attended events in, in the country. And then in 2025, do that across the world and wow. really just expand my network globally. Um, I'm getting licensed in Dubai, Miami. Um, you know, how I'm going to work in those places is I'm going to learn the markets and stay up on the markets, but work with partners that have been doing real estate there for a really long time, which is in the best interest of my buyers and sellers. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's also great to be able to show global listings and show your own listings and my own listings in Manhattan globally, uh, not just in, you know, uh, a international real estate firm's franchise office, where there's right. like a brochure table, but actually have a dedicated agent marketing my property. So, um, you know, those are, so those are some of the things that I'm, I'm pissed off. That's awesome. That sounds super exciting. And I just love that you're taking it, you know, global and you're really, you know, stretching, um, your expertise and stretching your territory and expanding your network because there's 
so many people that you can reach and, and you know, service and, and fulfill um, by just going outside of New York City. So that's that's super awesome. I reach I, I wish you a lot of success with that. I'm, I'm sure you're going to kill it. And um, that sounds super exciting. Um, now I'd like to. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I want to say one. <laughs> oh, you go, you go. One other thing I was going to say is that I'm changing my team name to make oh. it not my name. Because when I started a team, it was actually you had to use your name in the name of the team. That was the law. Now it's not the law anymore. And I think that it's better for my team members if it's not my name for the future. Okay. All right. So what's the new name going to be? I'm still working on picking that out. We should know okay. in two weeks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of titles, um, I want to know if you were to write a autobiography on um, your life and your career, what would the name of your autobiography be? Oh, gosh. <laughs> what would my autobiography oh, I can tell you this, the, the subtitle. Okay. Um, I'm like the perfectly put together apartment, but there's one, that one closet where you open it and there's an avalanche, you know, okay. like it's really put together on the outside, but there's just that one screw. I think that's what makes some successful. Um, and I think, you know, you gotta be a little crazy sometimes. Um, yes. You know, yes. everybody says, Kelly, you're so put together, you're so organized. I'm like, if you only saw this one side of my brain, you know, so that, that would probably be in there somewhere. Okay. All right. So super structured with a little bit of messiness on the side. <laughs> I love it. We all, we all have to embrace that messy side a little bit because you can't keep it, you know, buttoned up 24 seven all the time. You got to let loose a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Very cool. I love it. Now for anybody that's, you know, getting started in real estate, if you were to look back 18 years from now and say, you know, I wish I would have known this um, and if, you know, if I really, this, this is my biggest lesson and this is the one thing that I wish I would have known 18 years ago, uh, what would you say? I think it's just really nurturing relationships, again, being kind and also negotiating from a place of empathy. Okay. Um, like we've discussed, real estate is an emotional purpose or sale uh, most of the time when it's residential. And it's a different way of negotiating. You have to empathize with both sides and really bring people together rather than tearing them apart and causing a fight. And I think that's probably what you do as a successful real estate attorney is you work bring people together rather than fight. Yeah. Um, yes. Like you would as a divorce attorney or something different, right? It's a right. different type of industry. And I think empathy is really important. Empathy with boundaries is really important. Yes, so true. Now that's great advice. And that really goes a long way because there's some, you know, I see it happen just in my work as well. There's just some people that are just hotheads and they blow off the handle. And it's like, look, you know, we're in this, you know, transaction for the benefit of our clients to get us to the closing table. There's no reason to, you know, to like just, you know, 
throw out threats and I'll see you in court and all of that for what it's like, you know, it's not, it doesn't need to be like that. And diplomacy is so important. And yes, that empathy and mutual respect. I, I could not agree more with you. So um, very great lesson learned for everybody out there that's listening. And um, Kelly, if anybody wanted to connect with you directly um, and reach out to you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, so my website is kellyrobinsonnewyork.com or kelly.robinsoncompass.com or kellyrobinsonnewyork on Instagram, all spelled out. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's such a pleasure having you here and uh, looking forward to seeing you in the real world very soon. And happy holidays. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You've been tuning into Real Estate Powerhouse live on Tap Talks with your host attorney, Talia Bashani. For more information, please visit Tali360.com. You can watch this show streaming live on StreamYard and available across all social media outlets, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram, Facebook Live, and more. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Thank you for your positive feedback, comments, and questions, and please share this show with your network. 